Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a 20-minute high-intensity episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the themes of the day. All right, well, I'm sitting here shooting the shit with uh, my friend, Mr. Ryan Gill. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great, Tyler. Excellent. How are, how are you? I can't, I can't have a conversation without even asking. How are you faring through these challenging, these challenging times? Yeah, I'd give myself a uh, 80%. There's... Uh, I'm liking it uh, as a dad. Number one, I have two little girls that it's uh, allowed me to spend lots more time with them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And as you know, Tyler, you're an entrepreneur. You, your friends and family sometimes take the brunt of that. And so <laughs> that's why I give it 80%. I've spent a lot more time with my family and uh, loved it. And um, last year I was on a plane 186 days out of the year. And uh, oh, that's a real number. That's real. We're not on planes. So that, that helped. And um, no, it's been awesome, to be honest. I am looking back. To, uh, we were talking off uh, when we weren't recording that. I'm looking back. And I'm looking forward to getting back to the office. Uh, but it'll definitely look different, I'm sure. Yes, I think we're all, you know, it's hard, it's hard to imagine a few, uh, something we've never seen before. So I, it's, I'm quite exciting and I choose to be kind of bullish if you want or not, not sounding insensitive, but I believe that, you know, we all been hit by this left hook literally out of nowhere yes. and the change that that's going to create and the opportunity, the status quo is just, it's no longer there. You can't even go back to it. It's, it's, totally. it's been removed. I think that's pretty exciting when it comes to change. So, hey, let's give the audience, I'm, I'm sure most people will know you. You're a man about town, certainly from a <laughs> content creation perspective, you put yourself out there, but you're the CEO at Communo. So maybe let's start with like what Communo is all about, and then let's roll into the concept around the platform economy. Yeah. Communo, uh, from day one, um, I use this acronym, Tyler, and it's super cheesy. I'm turning it into my dad. And I've listened to your podcast and hear you talk about your family lots, which I appreciate it. My dad was cheesy with acronyms. So I've turned into him. The acronym for Camino when we started was big, super cheesy, but the started with B-I-G. So big was broad. I wanted to build a platform for our industry specifically. So it was verticalized for the advertising marketing industry, but I wanted to be broad. There's lots of platforms out there for photographers or writers or UX people, and they're all great. I love them, but. I wanted to create something that was broad. So we built the platform for 74 or 75 disciplines in county. And I heard someone say that there are 80 disciplines, which is amazing. So we're, we're on that uh, trajectory. I stood for integrated or interactive, super cheesy, 90 word, 90s word, but make it feel social. And uh, we've uh, achieved that. And then the G stands for global. From day one, we wanted it to be global. We love the city of Calgary. Our headquarters is here. Uh, but the great thing about platforms, which we're going to get into today, I know, is that they have global reach and um, that's what we wanted to do. So uh, essentially, phase one of this uh, of Communa was allow and enable um, agencies and freelancers specific to our industry to uh, give and get work. And uh, we've done that over the last two years. And now we're moving more into the uh, integration and interactive side of making it more social over the next couple of years. Uh, and, um, it's been quite a ride, man. How long, how long you guys been at it? When did you come two, three, three years? In 2018, we really started. So, um, Chris and I self-funded it. We put about $500,000 of our own money in, which for me is a lot of money. And, um, it yeah, was no, it's a, a real number. I, I, it, I feel the weight. I feel the weight of that coming out of my pocket. It, 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 was, a hu- it was a huge, it was a huge, um, gamble. And, um, so that was, uh, about two and a half years ago. And, uh, then it, it started to take off locally and in Alberta here. 
Um, and then we raised some money. We called an angel round uh, from some amazing people in this city. I know you maybe have some on the mom, but a big shout out to guys like Chen Fong and Sanders Lee and uh, Patrick Lore from Panache Ventures. Um, they really got us off the ground. We raised a million dollars of angel round uh, funding, which helped uh, us grow through Canada. We really stayed in Canada to start with, uh, Tyler, to get it right. And then, thank God, we just raised and closed our seed round uh, for three and a half million um, in December of 2019. Could you imagine raising money right now? <laughs> I've, yes, I've had a few guests on that have talked about it exactly. I got a guest on later today who actually works in Silicon Valley and is made a bit of a networker. And her and I had a pre-chat yeah. and she's like, there's going to be this trough of like gap in the in the startup and 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 essentially capital we'll, raise phases. We'll get to that though. I, I think it might there might be a halo effect that could be good because Okay. For forcing people to bootstrap, which we kind of did in the first little bit. I saw almost yep. some, sometimes you get money and you slosh around a bit. Um, it might force people, but it's tough. So anyway, well, start, starting a money, starting, starting in a downturn, it builds a more okay. resilient business. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of companies you and I've seen and, and let's be honest in Calgary that started when things were booming. And the second that things got tough, they didn't have the fundamentals there to survive. That's been a real phenomenon in the city for sure. So we raised the funds, just closed it three months ago. And um, it's been a crazy ride. So we just basically moved into the U.S., opened our office in New York. Yeah, we had to open there. It's the center of the universe for advertising. So It is. Um, it is. And so we had to go there. Uh, but what we're realizing since doing that, and it's been great there, um, the early adopters are more the Midwesterners and uh, the smaller uh, towns and cities. Um, so it's been it's been an interesting – we've made so many mistakes and had some success along the way. But So that's Communo. It's a platform for – uh, agencies and freelancers. Uh, I made a, a comment to you probably even a few a year ago when we went for lunch that we were going to be specifically for advertising and marketing agencies and freelancers in the space, vetted freelancers. Mm -hmm. And we would never have we'd never have brands. And one of our board members uh, and one of our advisors actually used to be the CMO of Airbnb said, Ryan, you're you're missing out because there's lots of great brands out there that embrace uh, platforms and, and treat agencies and freelancers well, you should open it up. So uh, an exclusive here for you, we'll be opening to brands uh, this summer. And uh, that will be our third uh, part of the ecosystem. And then media will come next, then students and schools. So over the next three to five years, we'll have this full ecosystem for the advertising market industry and what we call a platform. So excellent. Well, thanks. That's it really made, yeah, hearing you talk about it and like the, the insourcing that's going on and the different challenges that large companies have with speed and agility, it, it only makes sense that that would be kind of the next step, certainly from the outside. And I think that, yeah. that those types of changes and like you and I talked about, everything's up for grabs now. The world's been shifted and companies are going to come back looking for quote unquote difference, better, faster, cheaper, quicker, you know, ways to do it, to do everything. Well, I so, think that's the key point too, is what we wanted to, the vision of it is, we wanted to enable economic options for every person and business in business and industry, leaving no one behind. That's the vision I've been pushing. And that doesn't mean big agencies can't join. I think sometimes big get scared by us, but they can join too. They just usually don't. Uh, but GDP, you know this, I'm sure it's been in decline for 20 plus years and big rules. And I think small is going to start to rule uh, in the future and platforms will enable that. 
Well, it's it's kind of the universal leveler, right? You you know, used to be big had the best access to talent, big had the access to the best work. Where now, as we as we've seen with many, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Fundamentally, is the platform economy, in your view, of how and why that can be a key component for Calgary going forward. And it's hard not to talk about Calgary without talking about Alberta, without talking about you yeah. know, we're we're not in a little dome and, and that where we keep the outside world at, at bay. But as Calgary looks to change, and I think uh, has been forced, we've had no choice. Has been structural impacts to our primary industry that's forcing us to look at everything. The platform economy, totally. I think, is an interesting one, and I, I, you know, you went all in on it. So there's no one more credible than somebody who's put their money, their time, their reputation, their beliefs on the line. So let's talk about the platform economy as a, as an overarching theme and why you think that this could be and can and will be a key to our economic transformation here. Yeah. So platform. Uh, businesses either are home runs or complete strikeouts. So I appreciate the kind words. I, I'm learning a lot still, Tyler. And uh, it's a big swing we're taking for sure. And uh, there's a real chance, probably a better chance that we strike out than we succeed. Um, at the same time, my business partner, Chris, and I um, are dogged and uh, we have persistence, much like you. And I, like I just the term dogged. I don't. I don't hear that term very often. That's a great <laughs> word. I love it. I'm, like, I'm gonna use that later today. Nice, nice drop. I feel like it's my uh, small town Brockville, Ontario uh, word, maybe coming out. But we, we, <laughs> we really, um, we, we really believe if we keep working at it um, and take our time with it, we will succeed. And um, platforms can be so good for the city because they create these halo businesses around platforms and it allows, um, especially if it starts here, it, usually early adapters will be, adopters will be in Calgary. And so they have the uh, early jump on uh, getting traction in the, in the platform early. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the city should really want to have entrepreneurs that uh, have a platform experience because I, I talked earlier on, um, the advantage they have, um, they usually outperform every other uh, business by a, a, a magnitude. Uh, so for instance, in market growth value than a regular SaaS business or a service business, uh, the market value growth of a big, a, a successful platform business is about 14%, where a traditional business of any sort is around 8%. R&D um, in the business uh, for the city and the province uh, is about four to five uh, X bigger. Um, and then the sales growth of a platform, if it gets going, right? If, I want to make sure it clear to the listeners. If it gets going, uh, average, if a great company like uh, Cult, my company gets going, we maybe can have maybe nine, 10% growth a year. That's doing really well. If a platform business gets going, it usually has 18 to 19% growth. And then the operating profit is the biggest one, especially for the city listening, is uh, because that's where they get to take some taxes, right? Uh, yeah, you got to bring it all back around. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's true, but it's true. Uh, yep. Operating profit for uh, businesses is uh, around 21% for a successful um, platform, and it's around 12% average for a traditional business. So that's from the uh, that's a controlled sample from I think it's from Forbes Global. 200 industry. So I'll, I'll send that to you for the show notes, but yeah, please uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll post a link to that. Cause I think you got some people that are trying to mad scribble and want to go fact check now that you've dropped those things out. Which yeah, I encourage pla people to basically do. platform, the essence of it is platform companies perform better than non-platform, uh, companies across a wide range of metrics. And I'll send you the, uh, the sources on that. And, uh, 
And yeah, please, I hope please so. do. I'll, I hope I'll, so. I'll, I'll, I'll share that link out. Yeah. So from and your I, optics, yeah. when you were looking at this, what, what, I guess what other platform, I want to give people as much context. I'm, I'm imagining that we've still got audience going, what does he mean by platform exactly? So what are some other, some other brands that people would know, or where did you look for inspiration of like, wow, it's really disrupted or worked in that industry. I want to take a page from that and bring it into the marketing freelancer, you know, advertising industry. So what, where are your Great. sources of inspiration? Great question. Uh, much like you and I, st- I swim in my lane, right? So I've been in the advertising business since 99. So just 21 years and um, mostly in digital. And um, I've hired lots of people much like you have or your listeners have. And where I started to get upset and the tipping point for me was when we started to grow cult was paying these enormous headhunting fees uh, for talent and not being able to track the talent that I needed in the city. Uh, and that's not a slam in the city. This city has incredible talent. But as you start to grow, uh, you need to uh, access talent elsewhere. And for sure, I know this about my firms and I'm sure for you, Tyler, we're never going to have everybody in this, definitely in our four walls or even in the city or in the country that's perfect for the job. So I wanted to have access, but I didn't want to pay the huge fees. And so when you come to think of platforms, it's so hard on LinkedIn to go out. So LinkedIn is a platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to go, there's so much noise. And I felt like if there could be just be one for the advertising industry alone, that would help me so much. Uh, find people. Yeah. Not At least it would, narrow, it would narrow in the walls. It would narrow yeah. the lane in a little bit. The, yeah. the plumber that reaches out to me and the security guy, they're all nice people, but they have nothing to do with my business. So it's just noise. And so uh, if those listening, everyone knows LinkedIn, that's a platform um, that I got inspiration from, but I wanted to be more niche and verticalized. Um, okay. And so that was one. And I wanted to mix that actually uh, with Tinder. This sounds hilarious, but uh, we wanted to be. We <laughs> okay. Wanted I, to be, I like where this is headed. I like it. We wanted to be, we, we said if Tinder and LinkedIn had a baby, that would be communal. And what I meant by that was <laughs> we wanted to be I, in the. I, that's, there's a quote of the day right there. <laughs> we wanted to be in the matching game, not the the contract game or what gets done after the match. And so. Uh, if you look at LinkedIn, we thought we know LinkedIn does a great job of connecting people and, and uh, their UX isn't that great. But for the early days, they were the kind of go to de facto, you know, your digital resume, if you will, profile. So we, we do that, but we wanted to emulate Tinder as a platform that was really good at matching people and using algorithms to match uh, who would be a fit with each other. Because we all know uh, proficiency and skills, Tyler are one thing being able to work with someone is the main thing uh actual actual um fit and so that, that's what and, and, and as someone about. who's hired many people it's one of the most elusive yeah. uh like things to read or to understand i'm not a mind reader i don't have that skill i've learned that over the years <laughs> i'm well, not i'm not this a magical judge totally. of character that i maybe thought yeah. i was earlier in my career <laughs> and that's got to get better um and so that, that was our mission was to try to be the best fit uh, matchmaker for our industry um, because I needed it so bad for our cult. Uh, so we built it for ourselves. They say the best startups are ones you build for yourself. And so we built it for our firm first. And now uh, on, on the platform today, we have uh, 33,000 users and uh, about 500 agencies around North America only. And um, it's, 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 been a, it's been quite a ride. But to that fit thing, um, we continue to really drive into that. And uh, for those listening, if you're uh, looking for a job, we're hiring data scientists and psychologists right now, Tyler. So we're basically putting social scientists and, and psychologists together with data scientists to figure out what is that perfect team 
and the perfect team again remember we're swimming in our own lane for the agency world uh how can we fit agency and agency together how can we fit uh freelancers to agency that is a perfect fit for the personality of the firm and the personality of the person so uh, that's a big hairy uh prickly subject for sure. So we, um, I appreciate the challenge. And I, I love that, like you said, we were, I solved my own problem first. Like that's the, like, it's one of those selfish kind of goals, which actually create, creates a better outcome. When you look at Calgary as a city and you think about, you know, and, and again, I appreciate you swimming your lane. When you see the value, when you see the value of the platform economy as, you know, the shift to the knowledge economy, Calgary has been a very resource-based, tangible, like, like big iron kind of city we're moving to the world is moving to much more knowledge based. Is there other industries that you look around and if someone's listening today and say, yeah, where are these other opportunities in Calgary or where can we capitalize on this movement towards the platform economy and make ourselves known for that? What are your optics on that? Or what are your ideas? Yeah. Um, this, that's a great question. There is, um, lots of platforms out there. It's, it's one of the hottest categories in startup land. Um, when I think about for Calgary, I'm so sad it didn't happen here. Uh, but have you heard of RigUp? Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. So they just got valued at three billion dollars. I actually think there were some. Oh, Calgary really? I, I didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, there were some Calgary folk involved. I believe they moved to Houston. Don't uh, fact check that, but I'm pretty sure some folks that were here moved down to Houston. Um, anyways, um, rig up. That's that's another, that's another story of about people here with ideas that just aren't getting traction and have to go to other markets. That is a, that's a sad story that does come up frequently on the, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And and, and I'm big fans of, of, uh, our mayor. I'm big fans of Mary Moran and CED, what they're doing, but they're in tough. So it's easy for people to criticize and cast stones on the outside. But how are, they're not VCs, they're not, you know, uh, private sector. So getting into what they've got into is OSIF. Um, they're doing their best, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they play out. But I think if you look, take the long view approach, uh, what they're doing is going to be successful. So off off topic, but back to uh, benefits to Calgary. I wish Rig Up started here. Where else should it have started? Should have yeah, started yes. here. Uh, but I don't think we had the um, ecosystem and the culture to allow it to happen but the reason why there's another company called working not working you may be uh no i I don't i I don't know that one either. they're out of new york friend of mine justin genac started it um they're for creatives mainly they're more uh, verticalized and niche um then there's another platform uh called i think we are rosie it's in our industry which is very cool um so platforms are popping up everywhere and then there's the ones that have been widely adopted now, of course, that we think are normal, but they weren't in the beginning. Airbnb, Uber, yes. there's Turo. Have you tried Turo? I know you're a car guy. I haven't tried Turo. Chad, my business partner has used it multiple times in Toronto and here. So I just never, it I never lined it. up. But yeah, I know a bunch of people that I think I introduced it to him and then he got all, he was all over it when we were, when he's yeah. in Toronto. I love it. A, a humble flex here, a, a flex of like, I have a Tesla and I put the, my Tesla on Turo. Oh, and nice. To see people's smile, because I don't care. I love my Tesla. I don't care about it. It doesn't make me happy. It, doesn't, it makes me happy when I drive it, but I don't care. So I yep. put it on the platform, and my, my wife was like, you're crazy. And But to see people's eyes light up to try stuff, and this, getting to the, the point of this uh, episode, the platform economy and the sharing economy, the knowledge economy, if you will, um, is just allowing people to experience stuff uh, at a scale 
global scale that they never would have been able to before. And that just lights me up, Tyler. And so back to Calgary, if, if Communo becomes a major, you know, major global platform for the marketing industry, which by the way is 1.6 to 1.9 trillion annually, trillion with a T. With a T. Of spend, right? If Communo is that platform that can scale globally, that's great for Calgary, obviously. As a platform, Communo creates services and ecosystem that could benefit many other cities here or companies here in Calgary and Canada. And Communo serves marketing, which is an extremely large growing market. Um, uh, marketing is becoming more and more important, especially in times like today. Um, and with support from the city, there's a greater chance of follow-on financing activity uh, over the you know the, the the period of growth that we have. And um, I just am excited uh, to grow a tech business in the city. It's contrarian. And I'm frustrated at sometimes, you know, I'm sure you are too, Tyler, but it's like, welcome to the club. Business is frustrating, but <laughs> yes, it you can't just blame it on the city. Like, do you think our people that went before us that built this city that brought you up from, I believe you're from Montreal or that area or brought me yep. up from Ontario. Do you think the people that built this city didn't go through hard times? If you look back in history of this great city, it's been built on hard times. So I'm leaning into it. It doesn't mean I don't have hard days. Today was one of those days. We're dealing with some difficult stuff and there's many days I just want to give up because I have two other businesses that are successful, uh, but I'm not going to. And so uh, platforms take a long time to build and I'm in it for the long, long haul. Have you ever read uh, the S1 filings or the, the uh, stuff from Bezos, his, uh, his investor letters? No, I have not actually. No. Oh, it's, it's, it's good reading and it, it's not, it's just how he speaks. And I take a lot of inspiration from that. He talks about the wandering a lot. And for those listeners out there, if you're building something in Calgary right now and you feel like you're wandering, Bezos would say, you're in a good place. You're just trying to figure it out. And um, I love his, his, uh, the writings. Uh, and I, I take a lot of inspiration from them, especially the early days when he was building and, losing a lot of money he was yes but when, it, when, it, when, it, when it wasn't what we all see it as today and like i think we yeah, have such a it's so easy to see things once they've arrived and and just see it for that and not go back and go well yeah but look at all those days that everyone was criticizing it was a terrible idea and there i think go. humans are really like I, I think that's almost a character flaw we have of like well yeah but look now i'm like well yeah, yeah. but you need to unpack it that's why i started one of the podcasts i got so frustrated with people almost minimizing people's success by not being curious enough to ask what the backstory was. Oh, they're lucky or their dad had money or, or something, something, something like, yeah, but ask the story. Maybe that's all true, but they went through some shit. <laughs> and yeah, yeah that's yeah. part of what they I went, love sitting down of hearing real stories. <laughs> they went through some shit. That's a great way to say it. And um, when you become empathetic towards that, you really start to become a community rather than a bunch of competitors. And you were very on. What I like about you, Tyler, is you're very honest. And we've had chats. And you know, when we started Communo, I think it was out of confusion because, to be truthful, when you start a startup, we hardly knew what we were doing. Right? We had an idea. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> in, in the market, our competitors, if you will, or people in the industry, were like, "What the hell is Ryan doing now?" And there was lots of doubts. And and that, if you're truthful, and every entrepreneur should be, you hear it, you can't let it pierce you, but it does hurt. <laughs> when you're not really loved in your hometown, uh, we yeah, had way more yeah, we're, success. We're, we're, we're all human for sure. That's very, yeah, we had way more point. success in Toronto and now in New York than we did here, uh, in the, uh, in the early days, but eventually 
people in the city came around and we're so thankful for that. And, and I'm glad I stayed the course, but uh, I think that's one of the biggest things I wanted to say about the platform economy and the, the new knowledge economy. It's, you know, we've been in the industrial revolution and for so many years now, hundreds and the knowledge economy that's uh, coming ahead. And, and, and I think COVID has hastened it. I don't know if yes, you'd agree. I- I'm I hundred percent everything, all the plans that were shelved and the, you know, transformation at the bottom of the plan. And that's all been accelerated. You know, there's one of the memes going around lately. We've all seen who's responsible for digital transformation at your company, CTO, CMO, CEO, COVID, you know, that, yeah. that's, re- that, that's very real. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hastened it. And now, um, I, what I get excited about, which we'll maybe talk about for the, the, the back half of this podcast is the the hastening of the knowledge economy or the sharing economy uh, which in those segments is obviously ai and machine learning um it's going to it's not going to take our jobs but it's going to make the some of our jobs less meaningful and um that's a good thing because i think it'll help us be able to think more and uh i don't know if you've heard the stats but um as ai and and machine learning maybe takes some uh uh the small jobs away it actually opens up more room for thinking and then the one of the fastest growing uh economies is the social sector and uh, nonprofit, which is great if we can take our thinking to helping uh you know uh, help humanity as a whole um Mm -hmm. that's a great thing and i think nothing will ever replace human uh contact and and human to human interaction um, i don't think anyways um elon musk might think differently but um i yeah, think I, smaller... I, I don't think it, not in my generation but yeah i, I can't foresee beyond that or even maybe yeah. next week but yeah. but, I, but, I, but we're still humans and uh, we only evolve so quickly and the need for the tribe and the need for connection is very real <laughs> but i think technology is being hastened with covid and we're we're leaning on it more and we're finding it's uh it's it's it can be beneficial and it can uh, ease off on some things that we spend on that aren't necessary and that spending will get redeployed elsewhere I believe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's a good thing and um, smaller is better it it, it just is you th- even I just mentioned Elon Musk like think of Tesla compared to Ford or GM how much smaller they are and how much impact they made or uh, NASA and SpaceX the, yes. the like it's just and I think that's where back to Camino where it's going is it's giving the smaller to mid-sized agencies a chance to do global work now and to be globally recognized. And I can't see, I would love to have an argument with anyone that, that that's a bad thing in our industry, Tyler, you can, you can expound on this probably more than me, but the big four, the big five holding companies, they control like 90%. I don't know what the number is, a big amount of the, yeah, I don't know the number either, deals. but it's, it's, it's significant. They, if they could, they would control all of it, but that's, and yeah. that's, it's, and, and the word holding is the yep. opposite of sharing. And so <laughs> I believe and that's a good me, talking point. I'm going to give you props. That was a good one. <laughs> hold me, hold me to this. If Camino becomes what I believe it can become a global powerhouse. Um, I want to give it back to the people on the platform, right? It, it should be this sharing economy for me all the way down. That doesn't mean I don't want to, make lots of money doesn't mean I don't want to build a huge company, um, but it's going to look and feel differently and it should. Uh, and if we're going to displace the holding companies, which I know we will, um, it's going to come through sharing and the little guys get a piece of it. And it's so exciting. I talked about off, can- off uh, recording about some good news. Uh, 
this famous show that is now on YouTube and it's became the kind of the talk of COVID uh, on YouTube anyways. Uh, John Krasinski um, is the host of it and he has a company called Sunday Night Productions and they posted these projects on our platform. And I think 12 to 13 of our members on the platform all banded together, got it done in three to six days and had it up. And I think the first show got 16 or 17 million views on YouTube. And how awesome is that? Because there wasn't big one big holding company. Hollywood wasn't involved. Right. Actually, for, as a matter of fact, they were mad at us that we were able to pull this off and all the credit goes to John. He's the star of it and he's the producer, but I'm proud of what Communo did because we were the platform that was able to uh, bring everyone together at scale and fast. And that's what platforms deliver is speed. And removes the barrier. So like you said, it doesn't, it's not about this big, massive, like you created an infrastructure that actually allows the people who need the work and the people who can do the work to get connected. And that's really yeah. the matchmaking side of it. Like I need, I, I needed a, somebody needed a ride and somebody had a car and you know, Uber was born and there's always those root stories and kind of how it levels off. And it, it'd be interesting to see how it, like, I like how you took platform economy and the sharing economy. Like those are so interrelated and the philosophy of one is supported by the technology of the other. Yeah, you're right. And match, I would say the five things, how platform creates value. We talked about matching, uh, four other key ones, if, if people care to listen on the podcast, I guess they're listening. But Hey, uh, people can turn off at any time where yeah. they can keep listening. I just, I put it out <laughs> to the world and it's up to you what you do if you push play or not. <laughs> but platforms also help you discover. We're curious. Your, your podcast here is about curious conversations and exposing people to things they maybe haven't heard of, which I, uh, why I love it. Now, platforms are like that. Platforms help users, users find information or people or experiences that they desire that suit their needs and so it helps you discover easier uh, it enables you um, so some of the like, we have tens of thousands of freelancers on our platform right now that have no clue tyler how to invoice or schedule and so we're providing those tools right. for them right. and then govern right um, i think one of the things that uh i hope Communo delivers because we've all been frustrated by this is I hope it brings some accountability and, and integrity to the pitch process and transparency to agencies. Uh, that we, the the we, everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite pitch process. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things we're going to do, you'll see this come out in the summer, and I hope you guys participate. Is um, we're uh, we'll have twenty five out of the gate, twenty five to fifty badge brands. So the the Converse of the world, Hot Wheels, the cool cool uh, eight, cool brands are going to come on, and they're going to um, have communal only RFPs. Uh, but if you get if you participate, you actually get paid no matter what. If you uh, give uh, ideas and you pitch right out of the mm -hmm. gate, you're going to get paid, which I think is really great. And then you also know who else is involved. This whole bullshit of behind yes. the scene, who else is involved, it actually makes it worse. And everyone's guessing, right? Um, and so the govern is another thing that platforms do well. And uh, we have to take that responsibility and accountability very seriously. Um, and it should work for all not just for some. And um, it gets, I'm glad I came on the show with you today because I was having a tough day and it gets me excited when I talk about what your, your energy, your energy is coming up as we're chatting. It, that cough has gone away. Like it's a cure all. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's a, thank you. Talk to Tyler and you'll get better people. Um, uh, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that's a strong one, but thank you. <laughs> platforms create value. They allow you to create things. Uh, it help, allows you to discover, allows you to match, which we talked most about, but it also enables you. And then it, they should govern properly to benefit all parties, um, not just uh, a few big ones. 
it's it, it kind of socializes at a lower level, but yet provides the right government. So it's like there's there's a structure in place, but yet it levels it out so the playing field is equal. It's interesting because usually you get governance, somebody gets alienated or somebody gets blocked out of that process. Right. We're hearing you talk and thinking about platforms. You know, how does it level the playing field while simultaneously keeping the right guardrails and removing the elements of so many processes that most of us like that ruins it. The RFP being a great, a great example, right? You know, nobody loves doing that. Everyone says they don't want to do RFPs, but yet it's this barrier to entry to even get work. If you can disrupt that, like right away, that's exponential value of like, right. well, basically millions of dollars. Like, even as a small agency, you're blowing hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on that pitching process, which is a bunch of grade A bullshit. I'm going to be super bold when I say yeah. that. And you should and get paid it, for It's it. not a good process for the client either. Like the no. client isn't even enjoying it. Like nobody's enjoying it. And and we I realize I've done research on it and I realize why it's there. It, they have to do it so there's not these side deals and side you know the procurement process. Yeah, I get the the procurement window. Yeah, I, I guess the I get the idea, but it's became distorted over time and it's became extremely expensive. And and truthfully, man, it again goes back to big the bigger companies that can overinvest and and I've heard even some agencies and some of them are my friends and some of them are on my board, <laughs> um, but that. I've said they have RFP machines, which is great for them because they can afford it. They have 600, they have a thousand people. So they have a division of, I know some of them have a division of 15 to 20 people. Yep. I, just, I know the stories for just for RFPs and God bless them. They're, they're winning. Uh, but some people only have 15 or 20 people at their entire agency. And so they also pitch against them, Tyler. And guess what? They have to stop doing all their other work for clients to do that. And so I, we're going to make it better. Uh, we're uh, going to make it more transparent. And that goes back to the governing part of uh, the platform. Um, I, I hope it uh, acts as a honeypot too. It, it'll attract agencies if we know, if they know, you know Apple's putting a RFP only on Communo. It's a good place uh, to have a chance now for the little guy to win. Oh no! Hey, that's almost like having uh, Joe Rogan exclusively on your platform and making everyone go there to, you know, while they're there, they're going to stumble on some other things. Uh, no, it's right. It's uh, you know, you bring the you bring the coveted parties to the to the table and it's and then level the playing field for access. That's you know, that's an interesting proposition as any kind of a small to medium sized company. How do you even get access to the people you need to talk to? And if a platform, right. in your case, Communo, is able to do that, it's a pretty appealing value proposition. Just that one thing, like just yeah. like forget about all the other things that you mentioned today. That's cool. Thanks. As an agency, you're like, yeah, that, that, yeah, okay, I'll take some of that and a little bit of that. Well, and I appreciate you taking us on a bit of a journey here because it's, it's an interesting concept that I think we all, I think you said it really well. Well, yeah, it's just always been like that. No, no, Airbnb wasn't always there. Uber yeah. wasn't always there. Like, but it's become so commonplace in our life. You know, I, I, what's the joke? You know, don't sleep in strangers' houses and don't get into cars with people you don't know. That's all gone out the window. You know, those, <laughs> those, 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 those jokes that we were raised on uh, back in, you know, Southern Quebec or rural Ontario, where I know you're from. Brock, Brockville, where I did spend yeah. some time growing up as a kid. I always find really? that funny. The, yeah. I have parents had family friends in Prescott and we used to go shopping in Brockville when we were like 10 years old as a kid. The world just never gets smaller. Like it, or sorry, it never, it just gets smaller. It doesn't get yes. bigger. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But as Calgary thinks about its way forward, and I, I believe we need everyone off the bench. We need every idea at the table. And, you know, I heard what you said about you were more successful in other places and had to come back to Calgary or almost prove yourself. I've heard that from multiple startups, multiple entrepreneurs talking about sometimes how Calgary keeps its doors or keeps its cards almost too close. And that level of inclusion and that lifting each other up worth versus holding each other back until you've really proved yourself. I don't know. There's an underpinning of belief here somewhere that not just you have brought it up. Like you're, you know, 
dozens of people on the show have brought it up now that there is a why do our best startups or our best ideas have to go somewhere else to get recognized? And that's a flaw. I think we need to get on that because we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. Well, you're you're helping with that, and, and these conversations are helping. And I think hopefully people from the city are listening. And it, this is for me especially, and I know your heart in this is not to be that we know what we're talking about and they don't because that's a hard job. Government's a hard job. I, I personally hate <laughs> when people no, complain absolutely. about it. I hate when people complain about it all the time. I think we should have a say and we should vote. Uh, stop complaining, go out and vote. But the city has emerged globally. Think about Sweden with Spot, like Spotify, all these great companies. The city has emerged as the key organizing unit for economic and entrepreneurial activity. It's the city. And so how important is it that we at least cut them a break that they're trying? And, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, we're, we're all, we're all, uh, we're all armchair quarterbacks. And I think that is a, that, that is not helping. And it's, you know, we all have a voice now with social media. You can use it for good. You can use it to add, or you can use it to detract. It's kind of like, you know, use it wisely. It's a powerful, it matters. Tool. It matters. Like San Fran, uh, didn't become San Fran overnight. It took time and, uh, Stockholm and places like that, that it became mm-hmm. these juggernauts of tech started with wanting to be one. <laughs> and so I, I just think that Every, everyone had the, it was an idea before it was a reality for sure. Yeah. No one, no one, no one was born. Yeah. That's a really good point. They all started I, by wanting it. I like that a lot. What are your thoughts just before I, before we wrap, what are your thoughts on, do you think we have what it takes to attract the talent? Uh, Cause Alberta became great for oil and gas because there was oil and gas here. Yes, I, yes. I, there is not the talent here and we need to have straight talk about that. The talent yep. uh, for tech and even creative talent. And the, I'm not sleeping on anyone here. It, it, it's an amazing city, but um, how, do you think we'll be able to track the, the right amount of talent? Because it's definitely affordable to come here. I, th- I think it's an interesting topic and I've chatted with it with many guests. I, I think, and certainly from what I've talked to people and what I believe out, out of all these conversations, we've got the quality of life. We've got all that. But if someone who is career oriented, growth and personal fulfillment oriented from a career perspective, and like, I don't say career is in like ladder, I mean like learning and being engaged and doing cool work. I still feel that we are we're not there yet because there is that challenge. And I've heard this from a lot of people I've talked to, which I believe I can come for a job, but where do I go for my next job? And where do I go for my job after that? Like our ecosystem is still a little bit shallow. There isn't as many lily pads to jump to. And I think that's going to hold us back because anyone who's oriented towards like a personal passion for growth and knowledge and learning, they need to go over their next two moves are that's because that's how they're geared. And I think that Calgary, I think we're still struggling. Like we're moving there and there's a lot of things, I think also why we need to tell our story better because there is some really cool pockets of great work, but it doesn't get the same level of exposure. You know, I had one guest say, I always, I asked the question on collisions, uh, is what, if you were going to create a dashboard, what would it be? And it was, uh, it was Nick, Nicholas Beak from Helsom, really cool company doing some really cool stuff here in town. He said, well, Hmm. when we stop responding to the price of oil and gas headlines, that's when I know that's a good indicator. And I still think that we're a little bit addicted to that side. And that's the story that gets told louder than the other stories that are going on. And to me, we're always going to have the roller coaster and the talent that you're talking about. And I think that we, we need in the city are going to see those from the outside and go, Oh yeah, that's not the roller coaster I'm, I'm looking for. And we're moving away from it. We're moving towards something better. I should okay. say it. I just don't think we're there yet. I think it's I, still a gap. I think it's I still going to be challenging. The city is a platform. Like to think about that, right. It's, uh, it, it's, <laughs> nice. time, it's time to put the city as a platform for research, innovation, entrepreneurship, and um, the knowledge economy. If we can be known for that, I think the economics are here for to do that. We're spread out. You can still buy, like I, I have some of my product team is in Vancouver. 
And, you know, one of my guys wants a house with a backyard and it's like, that's 2 million bucks. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, it's, you can, it, it's not, it's, we're, we have a level of accessibility here of to quality of life that bar none, I think is one of the top two, in Canada. No question. 200 grand. You, you get a house with a backyard, a nice house for 200 grand. It's not going to be. Yeah, and, and, and only be 20 minutes drive from downtown. Yeah. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm bullish on our city, but it's going to take a lot of uh, people like you having conversations like this but not just for, you know, a year or two years, it's going to take time. And, uh, for those listening, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we gotta be in it for the long haul. This is not, yeah. there's no easy fix or quick, get rich, get rich, quick button to push. And, and Camino is not going to be that uh, like we're two and a half years in, we've had this tremendous growth. COVID's ushered in for, for us. I don't know if you heard in the news and stuff, but we had 1400% growth. Our deal flow on the platform was usually two and a half to 3 million a day on a good day. Uh, I think today I looked at it, it was seventy four million dollars. I saw. Yeah, I was on your site. I was on your site this morning doing a little pre pre podcast. It's insane. It's see, insane. I see that number. That is that is a nutty number. It's all. It's almost getting to the realm of like, is that even like? I don't, can't even wrap my head around that number yeah. easily. But, <laughs> but it's because people are letting people go, but they still have work to get done, so they're relying on yes. the contingent. Uh, yeah, but but I don't. That number is still low to me. It, the liquidity for the number of people in there, it's got to be in the billions. And anyways, I'm in it for the long haul is my point. And I hope the city is. And uh, I hope for posterity's sake, we go back and listen to this, Tyler, and say, <laughs> we were right. And it's, 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 it's real now. We, we've said it. We've said it out to the world. I heard a good, I was watching the, I don't know if you've watched the, uh, the Beastie Boys documentary that just came no. out on okay. Apple TV Plus. There's a what line on there. It goes, uh, I think it's just called Beastie Boys Story, I believe. And Ad Rock has a quote on there. Someone calls him out about something that he'd said in the past. Uh, you know, some of their, I think it was very, you know, slanderous towards women and some of, they were 20 years old yeah. and he goes, you know, I'd rather be looked at as a hypocrite than be the same person forever. <laughs> and it's a, it's wow. a quote that I'm just like, I love that. Like, cause grew up BC boys as the soundtrack kind of to my life growing up. And well, I was my like, my God, you know, you know what, if we go back and something we said today wasn't right, that's okay. Because new information has come along and give me something new to believe. And I'm super all right with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm building something that goes against what I used to preach forever was all my staff in house, all this stuff that literally three, five years ago was I had a not build here attitude and I've completely changed my whole life towards that. And people <laughs> should know that. And if you're listening, you can change your mind. And I think that is the ultimate self-awareness yes, and growth. Well and, and even like with you guys, like in this city for the agencies that are listening, because I know a lot of people listen to you, Tyler, and you have a voice in the city. We also need to come together. Like, the sum zero game is, is, isn't helping us. And uh, we called it communal for a reason of just coming together to help each other. Uh, communes. That's what really, uh, yep. Yep. Where the I word got it. comes from is, is really everyone just comes and helps each other. And uh, that's where the, the world is going. And that gets me excited. And uh, we're a ways away. But, but you're on the journey and I appreciate yeah. your perspective and I appreciate sharing, like, you know, understanding someone's journey and then looking at it through your own viewpoint of where you might see the opportunity for a platform or how you as a company or as a knowledge worker, someone with value can go and find a place to do, you know, I read your site, do the work that you love to do the way you love to do it. Like that's a reality. And I think this, you know, this, whether it's distributed work or work from home or whatever it is, there's a lot of people love it because it's a level of freedom. It's not the work from home. It's not, it's freedom. It's doing what you want when you want. If you do your best work at 10 o'clock at night, then do your work at 10 o'clock at night. Like to me, that just hasn't, that's just a no brainer when it comes to, you know, selfishly, that's the way I want to work. So I can only yeah. imagine there's other people out there. And you, the fact that you, you guys ever, are providing that. Have you ever had the guys from Harvest Builders on the show or heard of them? No, I haven't. Yeah, you should get there. Uh, it's the guys, it's the crew from Skip the Dishes that moved there. 
crew out here and uh, they got a big fund and they're back to this point. They're really here to help. Oh, okay. Grow. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. the name, I know the name again. I'll that might be uh, hey that's that's where I get all my guests is from other great guests because great because someone like yourself goes hey you know who you should talk to talk to this person well, so you and I'll queue up after Laura's because I again selfishly I would do this if no one listened because I get to have amazing conversations with innovative people like yourself so I listen thanks I, and you I and listen. I can go all day here so I'm gonna have to cut this off here because I'm like yeah. two hours later Ryan and Tyler are still slugging it out <laughs> no that's great Ryan I really appreciate your time today I appreciate your perspective your vulnerability and uh, kudos to what you're doing man it's 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 not easy and I think everyone needs to appreciate how much work goes into it so kudos oh, to you that means a lot I appreciate that all right man thanks a lot